an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Greetings, Nerdist Podcast listeners. My molecules are in an excited state. This is a very special episode of the Nerdist Podcast. But first, some quick announcements. Number one, we will be doing a Nerdist Podcast live episode December 15th at Meltdown Comics in Los Angeles. It'll be a slightly different format. Uh, Comedians, you should know. It is an all-stand-up show featuring my friends like Matt Bronger, Kyle Kinane, Natasha Legere. It's going to be super fun. Details are at Nerdist.com. Also, the Nerdist Podcast t-shirt is finally here. Just in time for Christmas, conveniently. Uh, You can see all the details on that on Nerdist.com as well. Okay, now this episode. Uh, I have to extend a billion thank yous to Devin Johnson from the BBC who made this possible. Uh, He's been amazing. Months ago he said he would get Matt on the podcast, and he did. Devin, thank you so many times. I feel like I'm accepting an award, and that trophy is in the shape of Matt Smith. Uh, I also want to thank Matt Stein from the BBC, who uh, helped us navigate the day and who was super awesome. And I also want to remind you that the Doctor Who Christmas special is December 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern on BBC America. And now episode 46 with the delightful, the charming, the Doctor, Matt Smith. Now entering Nerdist.com. One of, them, one of them did par, uh, Party of Five, the other one did Mallrats. Oh. I've turned the recorder on because uh, sure. Matthew and Janet are debating <laughs> whether or not the London Hotel is owned by actor Jason London. <laughs> or Jeremy London. I maintain that it could only be Jason. There we go. We're just waiting here now. Okay, everyone. We're waiting. You know, a lot of people say that's the hardest part. <laughs> I think just Tom Petty said that. There's no way he wasn't quoting life. <laughs> As many of his songs did. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Wow, look, it's like a proper, it's like a proper It is, radio. well, it don't. feels like it. Please don't be. But it's, 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 it's definitely not. Nice to meet you, Chris. Pleasure to meet you. Hi, Thank you for coming. Hi, Matt, Janet. Pleasure to meet you. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Pleasure to meet you. This is my first ever podcast. What? Oh, welcome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Welcome to the digital era of media. Indeed. I just, like, I always think of Ricky Gervais. Yes, as we all do. Yes, he does as a we lot all do. Podcasts, yeah. right? Nobody does it like Rick. He did the Podfather, as he's he he, he blew it up. As. That's Adam Curry. Really? Oh, that's not bad. He uh, yeah, Ricky uh, like his podcast was so successful, and then he was like, I didn't make a. 
name off of this? And then so they turned it into a television show, and then they did you make no money off them? Originally, no, but didn't they sell? Didn't yeah, they bring? It was them? just the first, the, the, like the fourth episode was him and Stephen Merchant complaining about if they had just charged a pound for each one. <laughs> <laughs> it would have millions. Here's something that this is only something that I no other people agree with me on this. You when you just said Ricky alone, it suddenly you know when there's a person that you think of and their name is just one long name mm-hmm. like you like never Tom Hanks. separate exactly. Right. Suddenly for the first time ever, I thought his name is Ricky. Yeah, I never thought of him that way. I never thought of him that way too. Now, but Ricky Gervais. It's Ricky Gervais. It's true. It's not right? Ricky. Yeah, it's Ricky Gervais. He, I, I just, That's uh, an interesting observation. Don't you think? There are just some people mm. whose name you're always mm. string together. I think even Rita Wilson says, hey, Tom Hanks, when, when you go to the yeah. store, can you pick up some Cheerios? Rita Wilson's another one. Yeah, that's true. You're yeah. right. Rita? Her Wilson. name's Rita? No, you think Rita Moreno when you think uh, the right. name Rita. Um, Matt Smith, welcome to our, our wee little podcast. Hey. It's so nice of you to do this. No, oh, how am I? It's a complete pleasure. It's a podcast. My first one. It is your first podcast. Yay. This is great. So hopefully this will uh, start you in the dark descent of the podcasting <laughs> yeah. world. And we can sell it for a pound. Yes. <laughs> well, because no one, you know, I mean, the podcasting, it's still, I still almost feel ashamed to say, like, will you be on my podcast? Because it sounds like, it sounds like you're saying, like, my mom will pick us up and we'll do it in the basement and <laughs> no, I've got I'm an Atari. Really Look, you've got like full on old school 50s mics. Yes, so. yes. Yeah. We've got swanky mics. Yeah. And if mic it makes stands. you feel better to do this as though you're to stick your finger your in your ear. So right, okay, you nice. Make yourself better, feel free. Okay, as cool, in the cool. 1940s. Yeah, sure. So we have, uh, we have a little bit of time with you. And uh, first of all, Fantastic job! Fantastic oh, job! Because you're a big Who fan, aren't I'm you? a huge Who fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of us are. So it's, uh, it's it's always quite nerve wracking when you meet big Who fans because you know either they're going to go, well done, right, <laughs> <laughs> or they're or, yeah, or, and, and what they're actually doing is going, well done. <laughs> <laughs> See, my gags are my physical gags are wasted on on a podcast. Aren't they? <laughs> he made a stabbing motion. Is stabbing, motion. stabbing Chris? We should do it like a radio play. Yeah, stabbing yeah. motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some a foley artist. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I'm We've got like tin things and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, a, go- it's yeah. a gorgeous room. Will happen. Oh. You might, I'm sure. How quickly did it? How long did it take before people came up like the hardcore Who fans and said things like, "Now, um, in the end of time, you pulled your uh, yeah, yeah. son of screwdriver out, but in the next scene, it wasn't like yeah. are people asking yeah. you like continuity questions." I know. That, I mean, his. Like, my one rule is stay off the internet. <laughs> That's not a bad rule. Don't go near the internet because my, you know, my heart's frankly too sensitive and supple to cope. Um, and, and, yeah, you know, I think generally people have been really quite uh, responsive and quite kind and quite open, actually. And, and um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, the continuity stuff is interesting and they pick up on the weirdest stuff. In fact, right, oh God, I'm about to do something really ghastly now, but in episode <laughs> one, the um, 11th hour, uh, I'd be interested to see who's picked up on this. This is a continuity exclusive. Um, <laughs> I, um, I'm, wear- I'm wearing two jackets, basically. I'm not, but there's a, there's a scene at, at the end of the episode, I think, where I'm plinking and plonking on all the, uh, all the sort of, all the TARDIS equipment. I'm mm-hmm. going, that, that, ding, dung. And, you know, the TARDIS is about to fly off and the music's rising. And they've got a different jacket to the one I'm wearing in the episode on. Because I wore two. One was stolen by the angels. And it's 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 a different one. Oh, you've oh, just no. ruined the no. entire series. I know, right? How can we possibly... Now, what is a TARDIS? Can you imagine <laughs> if you, you had me on? We, we wanted to have someone on who would make everyone look stupid. How about this? Even, even, even better, there are probably forums who are like... That think that the jacket represents some sort of cross dimensional thing. Like they've created a whole story uh, around uh, yeah. around the separate jacket about what it means because it's a different doctor coming in from a different time in a different jacket, which. <gasps> 
it sort of it could be, couldn't it? But I almost feel like this is the type of show where Stephen Moffat would go back and justify that somehow. Totally. Like, but now it really irritates <laughs> yeah. him because I told him he's going to hate me for doing oh. this. Because now he watches it and goes, I can see that and it really irritates Eating me. Eating away at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so were you, I'm, I'm sure people have asked you this question a million times, but, you know, did you watch the show growing up? I mean, did it just... Well, it's uh, like, and um, it's horrible because I feel like I'm churning out the same answer, but it, it's, it's a true one. Um, I was part of that rather barren age where they took it off the TV, the mm-hmm. BBC, stupidly. So I didn't have it on the TV when I was growing up, you know. I, it, was, it was only when Chris Eccleston came back. I mean, I, I had references of it. I had, it was, you know, repeated on, we've got a channel called UK Gold. It was sort of repeated on that. And I remember, you know, a sort of strange old man. It was William Hartnell, weirdly, mm-hmm. running down a corridor. Uh, and then I think Pertwee I've got vague recollections of and Tom Baker and the scarf and so so because it's embedded in your fabric as a British person somehow Mm -hmm. so you know I I was aware of it but it wasn't on the TV and I was robbed of it as a child I want to be eight and frightened (laughs) (laughs) oh the Tom Baker episodes because they show them on public television when I was a kid they scared the shit out of me like I couldn't the music was terrifying it was you know like a lot of it just looked like this black box theater and then some creepy person in a mask would come out did like you watch it as a kid then I watched it a little bit as a kid but it really did it really did freak me out really it really freaked me out when I I was a little kid I think my experience is similar to yours in that it's all sort of nebulous and kind of in the back thrust of my brain because my parents watched it so I have memories of like kind of sneaking out because I knew they were watching television after I was meant to be in bed and I would sneak out and sort of creep out and watch it and become terrified and then not be able to reach out to them because I was disobeying by even sneaking out and watching yeah. it so I had to like go back to it and be like I'm a bad kid and I'm terrified <laughs> yeah, it's like, a world of pain, but I don't remember <laughs> plots or anything like I just, that it's I just all remember just it being kind of... not as funny as Monty Python which was on right before it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I remember yeah, everything hour. not being as funny <laughs> as Monty Python uh, yeah yeah that's true well um, the, the, the Hartnell episodes though a lot of them were destroyed right they don't even exist anymore really I think they I think it was during a period of time where they like years of de- decades ago, they just they didn't think about reruns. They didn't oh, think yeah, of it. Yeah. They have so the they, audio of them now. They basically just recorded things no on way. flammable material that demagnetized. No way. So I think there are a bunch of episodes yeah. that have never been seen. Since. Oh, that's such a shame. When you said destroyed for a second, I was thinking like a Fahrenheit 451 yes, situation. Yes, yes. The government thought that it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, what sort of comedy influences did you have growing up? Were you more of a comedy person? Yeah, uh, well, I like Peter Sellers is my all-time hero, the Pink Panthers. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I watched a lot of that stuff before I did Who. Um, because, you know, what's, what's, what's so incredible about Peter Sellers is in when he's playing Clouseau is... How, how familiar are you with them? I'm pretty Very. familiar. You know, so say either... Uh, like, you know, the Globe or the snooker cues. You know, when he, 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 he mm-hmm. gets all the snooker cues, he never apologises for his recovery. <laughs> right. So he'll do something <laughs> mental. <laughs> and then, like, acts like, you know, like, absolutely nothing's happened. And so he, he, he is... And then, I, I, I don't know, just so, so much of his stuff is... is um, He's a huge influence. Python, of course. And a British show called uh, Some Mothers Do Have Em, uh, which... Yeah, it's about a guy it. called Frank Spencer, and, and um, again, it's just a sort of wonderfully brilliant comic performance. Um, uh, so yeah, but I, I mean, I'd say kind of Peter Sellers primarily is, is is someone that I've really consciously looked at and studied. You know, that's pretty fa- that's pretty fascinating. I think I think Peter Sellers would have made a a really interesting doctor. Oh, he'd have been the best. Yeah. He'd have been amazing. He'd have been really truly brilliant. I think. 
Because he has a natural yeah. coldness about him, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, totally has a coldness about him. And, and a real, you know, I think his, I think the darkness of Sellers would have been really interesting. As, you know, because that's what interests me about the Doctor, is that actually, look at the blood on the man's hand, 900 yeah. years, countless very selfish choices. <laughs> and he's literally blown planets up, his own race, you know, mm-hmm. it, that's all on his hands. Which is why I think he has to make silly jokes and wear a fez, because if he didn't, He'd hang himself. That is the yeah. eternal comic, comic <laughs> yeah, struggle. Yeah, I I have to crack jokes so that I don't shoot myself in the face. Well, that, that's actually something that I had kind of wanted to ask was the idea of you know obviously if you get a movie role where it's sort of cut and dry in that you know listen this takes place in the 1950s he's an opium addict his you know you kind of create the backstory of what his <clears> parents were like because that's not in the script yeah. and do your research and then we start principal photography and go yeah versus coming into something like this where you've got other actors who have done it you've got yeah. other takes on the same character how I much know. of that almost sure 50 years before, worth of actors who have done much, it how much of watching those yeah. performances folds into you know, Yours. your your work as an actor on on the research or just the kind of backstory or the stuff that's going on in your mind when you're not. Mm. Well, I mean, I mean, my choice was that you can't allow any of it to because it has to be completely singular. And actually, when I auditioned for the part, I hadn't really seen an episode. <laughs> That I might have actually served you pretty yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, and I then went back and watched all of David's stuff and all of Chris's stuff, and then went back and you know when it dived in. I mean, I haven't watched everyone, but I've watched, I've watched a lot, you know. And, and, um, <laughs> um, and but, but you know, but that was purely choice because it's like any sort of great. Well, to me, it was quite nice because I became a fan. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, and then, and then it was quite worrying because the magnitude of it started to dawn <laughs> of what it actually was, you know. And and uh, but it, it has to be very kind of singular, the Doctor. I think it's it's sort of like Hamlet on the television. It has to be your interpretation and your way and your madness, you know, because he's mad and and uh, in a great way, in a in a sort of sane way. But so and but but it but it, it, it had to be very singular and and. You know, and of course there was great contention about my age and things like that, and so I couldn't pay attention to anything else mm-hmm. apart from, you know, to my own choices. Well, I think one of the one of the interesting things, I think you did exactly what you should do with a character like this. First of all, brilliant mechanism on the part of the BBC for like, well, we can make this show go on forever because we'll just keep casting it over yeah. and over it's, again it's, it's a great format it's you know and also you know brilliant it, it's the best tv format i think there is because you're not bound by logic time spatial <laughs> genre right you know and so it's it's, it's boundless it, it's, it's the, limitless it's the craziest thing like I, I got it when i watched the christopher eggleston episodes when the first episode takes place in modern day london and the second episode they're in the year five billion yeah, yeah. To blow up and i'm like holy shit <laughs> yeah i know i had the same i had the same when i watched yeah. i watched the first episode with chris reckleson i was like okay yeah and i watched the second episode and i was like shut the fuck up <laughs> like i couldn't even wrap my mind around it i was calling people like watching the planet like it, yeah, was, yeah, it, was, it was incredible it's funny to, it's funny too to sort of see what appeals to different types of fans because with all the the ones that we've watched together he knows that and we have a dear friend who's a huge huge fan who our friends Gabe and Etta who go to the conventions and right. are actually some of those brilliant people we know in, in terms of their minds but I always am the one that's like I like when they go back in time and meet historical figures like yeah. that's yeah, what yeah, appeals yeah. to me 
And, yeah, and yeah. when they're really somewhere completely alien that feels sort of cold and empty, I tend to sort of shut off because yeah. I go for the sort of emotional stakes. That's of, a good one. Um, do, do, do you have a preference between, you know, like interdimensional or planetary or historical? I know, you know, I kind of love them all. You know, and that's, that's a bland answer, but it's true because, I mean, I think that's the virtue of the show, but it is, there's something wonderful about feeling very close to the concept of time and time travel and the TARDIS and just filming on the TARDIS every day. I mean, that's one of the great virtues of playing this part is that actually it's me in the whole world that gets to be really close to the notion and go, ah, listen, hey, really hot chick with red hair. <laughs> come with me. Come with me. Why? Just come. Get in my yeah. space van. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, um, and you know, it's you get to just... Yeah, I'm very, and it's because it's such a brilliant, romantic, glorious notion. Time travel, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. such a wonderful thing, in concept, and 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 uh, so to be close to it. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's a virtue of the show. I like them both because you know, just practically on a film set, it's you know all the futuristic stuff can be really fun and interesting. The crazy monsters, and then you go back and you visit. Vincent van Gogh. Uh -huh. And he was, oh man, Tony Karam was the best. We, was he's a fantastic actor. We had a yeah, wrestle. In everything we, <laughs> we had a wrestle. As the Doctor and Vincent, I won. <laughs> if you ever interview him, you've got to ask him about it. We've been for a few glasses of vino. And uh, Karen was there. It was, this all sounds a bit sordid. It wasn't. It was purely because he's a kind of a method actor. So he was picking up chairs and stuff, going, just being all Vinny. And, um, we had a wrestle. Now for a second, I thought, you said method actor. For a second, my brain jumped to, I thought you were saying, he's a meth addict, so he's very hard to take down. I don't think that's yeah. what he was saying. I don't think that's what he was saying. Um, what, so when you're, uh, when you're on the TARDIS and you're shooting, is it, I mean, is it, is it sort of like a standard set where it's like, eh, some of the levers are held on with duct tape and they're shooting around. So yeah, like, yeah, what, is, I mean, what is the actual set? It's, um, I like... Why haven't you been to visit? I You're just got an invitation a yeah. second ago. Yeah, come and visit, man. I absolutely will. You really should. I will it's, fly it's, out there and I will do that, and then I will go on Bargain Hunt. <laughs> yeah. Okay, give up Bargain Hunt, all right? Okay, it's not coming go. back. Bargain I'm Hunt. Just it running might. back on BBC no America. Anyway, it's a favorite show, it's sure. Bargain Hunt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On the internet. Is that the one it. with David Dickinson? It used to be. It's Tim Wanakot now. <laughs> Oh, Wanakat, show really changed. Yeah, yeah, After yeah. they regenerated the host on Bargain Hunt. Should we ask him about my theory that James Bond is a Time Lord? Yes, he has, a, oh, really? he has a theory that it's James Bond is God, a Time Lord. And, and like the shows are going to sort of marry up one day. Well, I just think that the British government has done something to the Time Lord. Really? Forget that he's a Time Lord, and, and then, he just works for the government. And that explains, and that explains all the different wow. iterations of James Bond. That is... That is a lot it's of time kind of on your wonderful. I love, I'm sad. I'm sad. I'm sad. I sadly have. I well, cool. love it. Yeah, I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. But, you know, kind of for me, yeah, this may be a controversial choice and probably quite a self-proclamatory one, but I think the Doctor's cooler than James Bond. He is. Uh, yeah, easily. yeah, yeah. James Bond. Well, he, he, don't get me wrong. James Bond, you know, hats off. Brilliant. He you tipped know. his imaginary hat. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, he hasn't got a... He's not a Time Lord. I would rather no. have a TARDIS than an Aston Martin. Hell yes. yes. I would rather have a sonic screwdriver than cufflinks that can stun <laughs> yeah. a person. Well, That's not what I want. And I, you know, Sometimes. Yeah, and I'd rather be strangely flummoxed by women than than, than, <laughs> than to just sexually yeah. conquer all yeah, of them. Yeah, because the doctor's just like, uh, what do I do with you? I don't know. You're a woman. Well, no but one they is. They are both holding women at a distance. It's true. Yeah. 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 Because souls. they can't. 
Well, no one, but anatomically, you know, the doctor has a has a binary circulatory, has a binary heart sure. system. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. We don't know anything about his reproductive system. We have no, no idea. No. What's no. what's what's under there? Until now, Matt. Until now. <laughs> <laughs> no well, pressure. Yeah, um, uh, that's a Stephen Muffet question, I think, and he'd give you a really zingy, interesting. I'm sure there would be an well. answer for that. You'd like Stephen. He'd like you. I think. Really? Yeah. Well, we yeah, were yeah. really excited when he when when he sort of became. Oh yeah, we love the best. He's the best man. He's the best there this, is. We loved his episodes so much. Yeah, the Moffat yeah. episodes during the during the tenant years were like, holy shit, these I know. are yeah. like mind bendy. And the other stuff he's done, I mean, like the yeah, and the, the Jekyll and Hyde thing. Tintin he's just done as well yeah. for Spielberg. And, yeah. Did you? Um, did I read correctly? You auditioned for Sherlock. Yeah, I went in and auditioned for Doctor Watson because Benedict had been cast as. Sherlock already, and, and uh, clearly I'm more Sherlock than I am Watson, I think. <laughs> um, well, the Doctor is space Sherlock. Everyone, yeah, I think, understands you know, that. Uh, um, and, 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 uh, and so, needless to say, I didn't get it. And, and, uh, but then, like, two days later, I got a call saying, do you want to audition for the Doctor? And Doctor, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. And, you know, it was really interesting, because I was just like, well, I'm never going to get this. Well, what the hell? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's such a great way to go into something, though. Yeah. Like you said, you sort of didn't feel that weight and no. the anxiety of it and got to do your thing. I, you know, I just read it and was like, whoa, this guy's amazing. He, you know, it's... it's uh, Yeah, yeah. So maybe that, that heritage wasn't sort of pounding down until I got the job. <laughs> and then it was. Um what was the audition process like? I mean, did they did they did they just write a generic scene, or did they give no, you tenant scenes or new scenes? Episode one, they mm-hmm. gave me episode one and, and and two scenes to learn, but you got it like two days before, and you can't tell anyone. Um, and you know, I, I tell everyone this this story, but God bless my mother because she, I had a, a sort of a coloured scarf at university, and anyway, when David announced that he was leaving, she t- she she texted me saying, "You should be the next doctor." <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, and and um. Yeah, so then I got the audition and I rang her and she said, see? I said, well, I haven't got it yet. And she said, well, no, you probably won't get it. And I said, well, yeah, I probably won't, you know. Um, but I did. Kudos to your mom. I mean, I get those calls from my mom sometimes where she's like, <laughs> yeah. you should be on this. Larry King's leaving. Could yeah, you yeah, if you could yeah. take over. I'm like, mom, it's not, I'm never going to. You could take over from Larry. Hasn't Piers Morgan yeah, taken over? Piers Morgan's taken over for Larry. Yeah. When does yeah. that start? January, I think. I think... Uh, I saw him last night with Rumsfeld. I think it was on... Was it last night or something? No, it wasn't Rumsfeld. I think at some point, Larry King goes back to his home planet. He's clearly not human. Um, <laughs> he's mostly dust on the inside. He just, uh, he just ties <laughs> a suspender to something hard and just launches himself. That's space. right. <laughs> I have to go back to my home planet now. Here's Piers Morgan. And then he just vanishes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Oh. It'll be a fitting end to Larry King. Indeed. Um... What was so amazing to me was to see that uh, pretty quickly after you took over the show, I posted this video on my site of you closing Glastonbury with Orbital. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and what was yeah, so man. amazing to me about that, it was just looking at your face and then just sort of seeing like, you know, a, a few months ago, this wouldn't have happened. And now oh, here's no this way. guy and you're soaking in and you see like... 40,000 people. I know. Oh, man. And, they, <laughs> and they're playing the Doctor Who song. <laughs> now, were you playing the keyboard? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Should I not tell the people yes. about the quotes? No, oh. no. Yeah, no, do. Yeah, I was doing quotation marks because... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was itchy or something. Was it I don't a know. player yeah. keyboard? Like it a was, player piano? But I mean, they, they, that it just came about because I, I, I met those guys at Coachella, you know, mm-hmm. the music festival. Mm-hmm. And they're just massive Doctor Who fans. And they were like, whoa, you're Doctor Who? And I was like, 
you're the dude from Orbital. <laughs> How do you know? Yeah, yeah. And they were like, yeah, kind of. And I was like, because I just have, an, I have a friend who's really into them. And um, and then, yeah, we just got talking. They were like, we're, 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 uh, we're going to close Glastonbury. Do you want to come on? <laughs> and we, but we planned for me to come up on a plinth and come out the TARDIS uh-huh. in full costume. But there was, you know, there's things, that, I don't know, with branding issues sure, or something. Sure. I don't know. So you can't. But... Um, uh, but yeah, that, that, it, it was one of those sort of once in a lifetimers. It was it was amazing, and I, I love like, and that was the other reason that because I was enjoying your work on the show, and then that's when I kind of felt like ah, I think I like this guy as a person because really? you you, well, you, you just seemed so like you were so earnest about it. It's like hello, yeah. Well, cause, <laughs> but literally, I didn't want to do it. It took like my 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 kind of girlfriend and my best friend to go go. <laughs> so I was like, it's 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 the last. Everyone's just gonna go. Who the hell is this? Dude, and uh, the British audiences can be a little harsh sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they but they seem to genuinely enjoy that. They, you, that yeah, they they kind of went with it, which was great. Yeah, oh, man, I'm, I shall never ever um, forget it. It was great. Have you had other experiences like that where you've sort of been jettisoned so quickly that somebody that you were a fan of, oh yeah, immediately absolutely. becomes your fan as well, and you're yeah. like, oh oh, I, you get to we get to meet each other oh, sort of on this. Like, hello, hello, Michael Caine. Yeah. 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 Richard Curtis, who I love as a writer, and he yeah. came and, mm-hmm. and, you know, wrote an episode of Doctor Who, because what's great about Doctor Who is, and I think kind of one of the ways that we get loads of great people in the show, is because they're kids. Yeah. They have 10-year-olds and 8-year-olds who are just like, make something I can watch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, it's sort of one of the reasons that we get... And I had a great moment in LA, actually. Again, I sound really vain, though. This no, you no, absolutely no. do not. Please, oh, not absolutely do not. Um, yeah, please, let's talk more about we wonderful asked you. moments we, yeah. that happened to me. <laughs> we asked you. Oh, everyone. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, so I'm in a hotel. We come over here to promote the show, the first screening, which is all, you know, very nerve-wracking experience because it's, you know, it's, it's the first episode of this thing that we've all been working on so hard and people were like, who's this young dude, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I'm in a hotel room and it was a lovely suite that I had and there was these massive curtains. So I'm there and I just sort of went, oh, cool, check it out. And this was, and then on kind of sunset and there was a massive billboard. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I know that billboard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because it was at the, um, that hotel on sunset, what's it like called? Near the Standard or the... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just one up, the Mondrian. The, the Mondrian. Mondrian, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was outside there and I was like, and I was on the phone to my mum. At the time, I was like, Mum, I'm looking at a billboard of myself. <laughs> and that was a pretty seismic moment, you know. And she was like, I told you, you'd have a billboard. Well, yeah, you know, she was... Yeah, yeah those billboards, they, I was so excited to see yeah. those billboards because, mm. you know, up until this last season, I feel like the, the awareness of Doctor Who has been largely word of mouth. And it's really? just been a lot of people... What? Oh, we've received a message. Oh, wow, pops up out being there. haunted. That was, that was brilliant. Really we've received Whoa, a message. What's going on down there? There's, there's two. That would scare yeah. the shit out of you if in the middle of the night and they can just pop on like that yeah. and tell you that have a message. could have been a message from the future, you guys. No, yeah. it's, I don't think it's a message. It's River Song. <laughs> oh, wow. She's cool. Are we, uh, now, I know you can't really say anything about no. what's coming up on the show, but um, is. Are we going to get a better idea of what her deal is in the next, yeah. in the I, next I, I mean, cycle? I think we are. I think. I think it's going to be pretty massive. Oh man, I like. I know it's, it's so tough because I wish I could tell you like episodes one and two, the ones that we've come out here to film. Stephen is, I don't know, man. It's. I think it's the best monster since the Weeping Angel. I think actually it's better than the Weeping Angel. It's it's on par with it. 
You want to see it. You want to see the thing. It's uh. the most hideous thing in the world. <laughs> but it's brilliant. It's so clever. And it's part of a really big arc. It's part of a really big story arc, which harks back to season five. But, um, yeah, you know, the Doctor is, you know, he knows he's someone from her future, but who? Uh, drives us crazy and then, in you're, the best and then way. they're breaking up the season into two chunks yeah, next year, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so episode seven will be, as Stephen describes, the mother of all cliffhangers, which I haven't read yet. But it, I don't know, man. And Amy, there's something going on with Amy, man. <laughs> it's crazy. There's something going on. It, it, it's a, uh, it's you know, and it's wonderful. He started like it's what he's done with one and two is very clever. Very brilliant. He's. I just think he's. He. But his mind baffles me constantly. I can. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Because how? Where did you come up with this stuff? You know, like all that time stuff. You know. The, it's the, so intimidating to imagine having to think that way. For yeah. Me, just creatively, like I, I would just be terrified. Yeah, it's 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 a different it's a different way to think to yeah. cut through time because then you then you, you step out of like lin- you step out of linear linear storytelling and you have to think of like multi dimensional storytelling exactly yeah. you know there's this there's this half human uh, uh, doctor on another dimension and yeah. then there's Matt in the main one and then there's other <laughs> even people in the, even in the last two it's like oh she has a drink and then oh she goes back and I know has a drink it's like I know what? yeah I know I know yeah yeah oh I'm pleased you like all that stuff because kind of. You know, kind of people worry that, uh, and they're like, oh, but it's too complicated for children and stuff. And I think, no, you know, because it's kind of like The Simpsons. Absolutely. You know, kids get Something it for, 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 for where they get it, and then other guys get it for, you know, so it, it, it can operate yeah. on a lot of different levels. The now, texture is so now, important for, for a great show. I don't, like I don't have kids because uh, they're a lot of work, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but, but what I think it's great about the show is that it is a show that you could watch with your kids or your grandparents, yeah. and you can all appreciate something, and then and, and then you can all bond about it. Yeah. I think that's I think that's one of the brilliant things about it is that it is entertaining for adults as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, so you, I was reading that you started out as a. Uh, you were you were a football player. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not American. Yeah. We say Amer- I don't know why we call you American football after. football. American yeah. football is a dumb name for football here because uh, they don't really use their feet. Ooh, a couple times, but a couple times, Kick but the ball yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like soccer. I watched some last night, man. I was like, I was, yeah, it was. I watched some. Is it baffling as American? I don't watch American football. I it's kind of baffling. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on, but um, <laughs> but you know, there was it was quite yeah yeah it was I was entertained Philadelphia. Beat the Washington Redskins, is it? Ah, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that was a historic game because they scored the most points. Points, and the, the quarterback was like amazing. Yeah, ever. Yeah, this in dude. The NFL. Uh, it was like forty nine or forty nine points in the first half. Yeah, my anyway, I still don't. Okay. Uh, still not connecting with it. No. So, so you started off. You started off as a as a, as a footballer. As a footballer, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then, then I, I and got, then I got injured, and I had a teacher who encouraged me into acting. He cast me a play, and. uh and I didn't turn up. I just thought acting was for girls, you know. <laughs> I played football, man. It was like, uh, little did I know that it's quite the opposite. It, <laughs> it introduces you to uh. girls. Um, and, um, yeah, and, 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 and then, you know, I went to university and did a thing called the National Youth Theatre and then uh, did a couple of plays and stuff and got into it and, and, and that's how it happened for me. It was funny, it was funny like, walking through parts of London where they're like, 
no football jerseys. Like you're really? you're not allowed to wear. Oh yeah, oh, like yeah, if you if yeah yeah yeah. If you go to like if you go to Tottenham, don't wear an Arsenal shirt. Yeah yeah, for sure. Yeah. That would be bad. That's intense. Yeah, oh, God, I can really understand intense. that level of. Yeah, oh, man, it's uh, yeah, God. Or if you go into like you know, if you go to Manchester and you go in the wrong part, you can't wear a Man City shirt or a Man United shirt. It's uh, I would be killed instantly because I don't know any of those rules. I'd probably no. accidentally wear the wrong color. But then you could go, look, man, I'm from I'm from I'm from the U.S. I have no idea. And what then they would kick about. the shit out of me twice as hard. <laughs> so I'm either way. It's not gonna. It's That's not gonna for getting be. us into a war based on lies. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm apologizing now. Are you? Are you pretty much work? Like, what's your what's your shoot schedule for the show? Or do you uh, work nonstop all year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We work. Uh, we do what's called eleven day fortnight. So you do six days, five days, and you do. Seven till seven every day. If it's not a night shoot, you know, obviously that will be whatever. Mm-hmm. Twelve till twelve or whatever, you know. And um, yeah, and we shoot for nine months a year. So we finish this series on the twentieth of April. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, the, it's it, it's the line learning, really. That's the sort of that's the really seismic part because obviously, as a doctor, you're saying, you know, this the, is a blah 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 blah. The contribulations of the thing of him, but you know, it's mental kind of doctor speak, and you so yeah. you can't blag that. You have to learn it. And uh, rhythmically, Stephen's very particular, and so it's uh, you know it is a lot of work. But do you have do you have tricks? Do you sort of have things that work for you better than others? Just panic, just blind <laughs> panic. Good. Good. Yeah. Always a good choice. <laughs> uh, I gotta learn it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, but you know, sometimes if there's loads and I'm struggling, I'll I'll put it on a dictaphone and listen to it and just try and you know any way it goes in really. Right. Um, but it does. It, you know, I've got quite good at learning lines i always marvel at that like when i watch i loved sherlock by the way yeah it was brilliant was so right? was so great great i know right and they did such a great job but even watching like house which is sort of the americans tribute to sherlock right well, um Hugh Laurie, anyway. yeah 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 but yeah. but whenever whenever you're a character whenever Laurie, he's oh, incredible he's amazing so right? you can get all the you can get all the um the uh, Stephen Fry, Hugh Laurie stuff on netflix yeah too. You Stephen can watch Fry's got, i met him the other day <laughs> did you yeah I was really excited. I was like, wow, you're Stephen Fry. Yeah. Oh. He um, must have known you. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a massive Who fan. He's yes. a big Doctor Who fan, man. Yeah, yeah. He loves it. Um, uh, but, you know, and we got talking about, about a writer, that, you know, and, and he, I don't know. He's, he's everything you'd want him to be. Oh, Stephen Fry. Yeah, I know. I, just, like, I follow I know. him on Twitter. Like he's yeah. he's fascinating. Yeah, he's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just talking about someone uh, with uh, talking with someone about Hugh Laurie yesterday, and I said something about oh, but you know, and he's British, and of course we all love those amazing British actors. And he was like, well, he's ours now. Like, yeah. like America has, has claimed we've absorbed and claimed Hugh Laurie for our own. Now, yeah, see, yeah. that would get your ass kicked in a British Drama Academy the same right. way claiming a football team would. Like we try to claim Hugh Laurie as our yeah. own. That that wouldn't that wouldn't work out well. He's, but that, but that show is, you know, it's just like I love seeing strong, intelligent lead Drum. characters yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of characters that have to. I've, I've never shoot watched people. House. That's bad, isn't it? You're, you're, no, no, no. It's not. It's okay. You got plenty. No. You got plenty. You seem busy. Ones. You seem like well, you got a lot on that. your plate. But True Blood. I couldn't put down, man. I, yeah, I, I did I, watch that too. Did you not like it? I did. I did no, like it. I mean, I know. Cause I'm a, I'm, I love vampires. I've always loved vampires, and and um, I don't know. I just it's just. 
you know, hats off to you guys over here, the way you make television. It's, you know, they do it very well. Really? Because I always feel like British television does it better. Well, really? I do, because you guys... Sopranos, The Wire, True but Blood, But we always talk House, about how... I, mean, I think I'm more interested in, the, in, in what the actors are permitted to do and how they don't get pigeonholed the same way as they do in America. I always complain about this to you, because Someone you can have that Hugh Laurie doing House, and I think... It feels like all along the line, getting the Shakespearean training, but also doing a lot of kind of farce stuff. And mm. I just feel like the opportunities, like we sort of look at even like Jane Austen or, or BBC kind of produced uh, based on a novel from the 1800s or what have you. We'll have the same cast as, you know, oh my gosh, Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh used to do sketch together. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah, I mean, I just sure. find that so, I don't know. I'm I, so envious of that. I, I, I'm more fascinated by British television because... British television will just do six episodes of something and then never do it again. Again, yeah, right. they don't waste it. Like, like I feel like like The Office is a great example of a show going on far longer than maybe it should have. The, the American, American Office, yeah. but I love the American Office. But I watched a bit last night, and I'm like, they had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Where does that go? That's that's what happens when you have to write so many episodes so of television. And I, listen, yeah. I love the American Office. I think because I was really worried because again, yeah. I guess as a British person, you go, "Whoa, that's 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 something that we made, and it's really good." And you got to get that right. But then I think they smashed it. I think Steve Carell is brilliant. I think Dwight's yep. brilliant. You yep. know, um, and I think it was great. And I actually think the love story in that was really good when he went off and went to the other branch and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then, so I've missed loads, obviously, because they had a... And now it's, obviously, it's like, now I know. So I'm, like, on episode, on series three or whatever. Oh, really? or oh there's, four, there's so. a baby coming. So <laughs> right. I think yeah. Yeah, but I always, pull through. With, yeah. with British television, I always feel like as an actor in British television or a host in British television, you never have... Presenter. You never have... Thank you. You never have the, you never have the power that... You know, because you're like, can I get a raise? And they'll go, uh, actually, we'll just recast you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. we'll stop doing your series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. And I mean, that's the great thing about American television is they reinvest. They give you more money mm-hmm. every year, it seems, or so I'm told. Yeah. So if you get a hit, you know, they go, true blood, yeah, have another million dollars and make it better. Yeah, but I, I just, I think, I think sh- the, sh- the, like, less... Less episodes makes things more precious. Like if you watch any of Chris Morris's stuff, like Day to Day or yeah. Brass Eye or Brass any, great, any of the uh, amazing, any of the yeah. Alan Partridge stuff. Like the oh, fact that it didn't. Oh, of I course, you watch Alan Part- I'm Alan Partridge, right? Well, yeah, but isn't just, that incredible? It's incredible. Like the fact that like what oh. was so genius to me is just how they <laughs> would just do a new Alan Partridge series and change the, the the surroundings of his life, and then that would be like a couple years later. Like that to me is 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 a gorgeous way to do yeah. television. I love Alan Partridge. I'm pleased you like Alan Partridge. I love Alan Partridge. Still, yeah, like just just brilliant. Oh man, I could talk about that a lot. It's well, great. so do you, you do you he, know? Like, him? He's a big. Oh no, no. But I mean, I mean, you know, that's Influences. an influence. Yeah, Steve Coogan. Dan. 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 You <laughs> can't hear me. Dan. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> Oh, and he's so mean to poor old Lynn. <laughs> he's great. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we've got some. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess we have got some 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 great sort of comic actors. I bet you could get Steve Coogan on who. I don't know, man. He's like he's gone Hollywood, man. He he's in the big movies now. What really? did I see with him? Was it, is he an Iron Man? No, not Iron Man. Um, he plays a really rich dude in something I watched the other day. I don't know what it was. Maybe I can't remember. 
I don't know what he was in. He's so uh, funny in Tropic Thunder, though. He was yeah, incredible in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not the last thing at all, but that's what I think of when I think of him. I, really quickly, I'm just, for the nerds out there, which of which I'm one, mm-hmm. I do want to say, Matt, that, you know, the doctor would have known that there was a baby. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he would have just copped back and forth around episodes and it would have been fine with him because that's the way his life is. I know. So I want you to consider giving those earlier episodes a try because. True say. A true say. The doctor has a lot of information and yeah. he still goes through and conducts himself just fine. Just Shut up and push up your glasses, nerd. <laughs> yeah, like Janet. Um, I, have a, I have a couple. Um, first of all, when I started blabbing to the internet about how much I love the show, mm-hmm. um, it it's it they're the they're the things that get the most responses from people like the no matter what i talk about whenever i talk about who that's where people respond the most really that's yes. interesting so i sent out a thing last night on twitter that said oh if you have a question for matt smith put it on my website i'll ask a couple of questions okay cool. not all of them were amazing questions nope. but there were some good there was well, i'm sure yeah, yeah the yeah. ones that were interesting uh, a guy named red j said did you write fan fiction is that true uh well um uh it was uh, Kind of as a way to get into the to to playing the Doctor, I looked a lot at um, Albert Einstein because I thought, who's who's closest mm-hmm. to this man on the planet? Whose brain is? Because the Doctor is, and that's the brilliant thing about playing him. In every scene you do, whatever room you walk into, he is head and shoulders the cleverest person in there, <laughs> <laughs> which gives you carte blanche to be every, anything you want. It's like, well, yeah, I am, but I'm cleverer than you. So uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, and I thought, so Einstein. And so I looked a lot at Einstein. And then I was in Egypt at the time. Um, and as just as a way, you know, I had lines to learn and stuff. But I thought I didn't want to do that too early. But I wanted to connect with it every day. I wanted to touch base with the doctor. So I wrote about him and Einstein uh, traveling. And they were locked in a time box, a thing. I don't know, it's just this, you know, a thing. A narrative thing in Egypt uh, uh, with all the cleverest people I- that, had, that had ever lived. Uh, yeah, and so I just wrote short stories every day about Did those you? two. But I made Einstein sort of <laughs> a bumbling womanizer <laughs> um, who the doctor loved and was totally endeared to. But like Cleopatra, you, like you'd find him in bed with his trousers around his ankles, and he was, and it, it was at the time the doc- that, that Einstein was um, developing the bomb. Uh-huh. And the doctor's like, "Look, you know, you can't do this. You can't do it." And it's him trying to dissuade him, and Einstein being like, "Oh, it's fine." Um, Why is this not an episode? Yeah, well, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I yeah, I sort of wrote, and uh, maybe I'll publish them one day. Oh, that, that, I don't know. I know but they're that. probably really know. bad. <laughs> this is the thing. Um, but, you know, they sound good in theory, but the execution's probably pretty, pretty bad. I think it sounds incredible. I think, look, if you, if you just casually slipped it under Moffat's door oh, and didn't no put way. a name on it. That's not how it works with Moffat. <laughs> That's how it works. No, no, no. Hey, Steve, I got an idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Keep it yourself, Matt. I love my lines. I think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Can we have dinosaurs on the show? Okay, oh, that's... I've way asked for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want dinosaurs, man. That can talk. Of course. <laughs> Talking dinosaurs. Yeah. Of course, they're an alien species. Jurassic Park 4. Yeah. Um, so uh, someone by the name of Ood Kiddo sure. wants to know... Of co- why not? <laughs> why not, right? Why not? I, li- I like that the Ood get hip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. get all hip. They are kind of hip, though. You know? Yeah, I got my brain in my... I got my secondary brain in my hand. Yeah. I'm tearing shit up. Nazi dressers. Um, how much influence do you have on the scripts? Uh, uh, very minimal influence, really. Uh, it, it's... Because um, uh, also, they tend to be brilliant. Do you know, he's so... You know, he's so brilliant, Stephen, and I wouldn't presume to 
be able to do. Um, it, it, you know, the way he deals with structure and pace is incredible. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so, but, you know, obviously he's very open. But, uh, yeah, you know, I... I I, I tend not to question the man's authority. <laughs> so there's not a lot of improv on this set. No, there's none. <laughs> with other writers, there's more. <laughs> but with Stevens, I say as it is on the page, word for word, because yeah. it's 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 undeniably brilliant and rhythmically. And also, what's so interesting about coming back actually is that he's 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 really writing for me more and more. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he's making me funnier. I hope because he's you know he's playing into my clumsiness as a. As a as a human, more, <laughs> and it's um. What a compliment to have to start seeing it shaped. Yeah, exactly. Kind of you. That's great. It is a compliment, isn't it? Yeah. So um, no, none really. <laughs> <laughs> I am powerless. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, uh, here's a question. What is your favorite board game? Says Patrick Rose. Good question. You won't know it. It's a game called Wembley, and it's a football game that I played when I was a kid. And I was very possessive over, uh, sadly. Um, uh, and it's, it's, it's sort of gambling, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but at chess, probably, is my favorite Chess? Game. Chess player? Yeah, huge chess player. I, I used to play competitive chess in grade school. Did you? Like, to the point where I can't really play anymore. It's so annoying, you know, because I think my best friend, Nick, played competitive chess when we were young. And I was just like, you're going to chess club? Yeah. Yeah. You're going, you're a yep. loser, man, like chess club. And now he's really good. And it's actually, chess is, chess is war. Mm-hmm. Chess is mind war. And yeah. it's, um, I just find it the most brilliant game. I love it. It was a dark, like, I would sit across from kids and it was one thing to be picked on by a jock because they would just punch you in the chest. Yeah. But, but to be, but to be, uh, to try to be mind, uh, Morped by someone you're sitting across from, by they're, they're trying yeah. to, yeah, yeah. trying and to get into your head. Those are the best villains. Saying right nothing. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> stare. I like. I don't take my eyes off the board, man. I don't. But I'm. I. I, I take ages. So if I was playing properly, you know, all the stuff. With the clock. clock I'd, yeah. be, I'd be down. Yeah. And they think it's. I'm trying to sabotage it, but. <laughs> so, so many people are so happy that you just said chess. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. Oh, chess Fan, is the, the greatest Fans, game. Absolutely. Someday, maybe we'll sit down and play a game of chess. Yeah, that would be nice. I would love Inside it. the tournament. That would be nice. Inside the tournament. <laughs> on set, on All right, visit, not with the three of us. Scare him. It's going to be great, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we'll be best friends, and then we'll buy a house in the English countryside. I gotta go. I gotta go. And we'll catch we'll up on the office. Yeah. And then we'll grow turnips. We'll grow turnips, Matt. Um, so uh, someone named Stephen wants to know when is Christopher and his kind coming to the States? The, 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 the Christopher well, Isherwood. It's released in January, and uh, I would hope it would come out. I was asking Devon earlier. I mean, I hope it comes out over here. I would like it to because I I came out to visit um, Don Bacardi, mm-hmm. who was Christopher Isherwood's partner. Mm-hmm. He's an artist, um, and uh, so I, I would hope it would come out over here, like January, February. You know, yeah, I would hope so. Cool. Well, maybe 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 PBS will pick it up, or they'll yeah. at least make it available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or BBC, or BBC America, BBC maybe. America, maybe. Uh, After Bargain Hunt, hopefully. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is top on their list for sure. Um, let's see. I think I. Uh, oh, here's one more question from Jetta. Will we see the Fez returning anytime next season? Now I know you can't give, give away any way. spoilers. Um, will we see the Fez? Um, perhaps. We. Uh, what can I give you away that's interesting? Maybe not a fez, but maybe something akin to a fez. Uh, what? Oh. What? Yeah. A giant 
Fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Fuzz? What is it? Yeah, the Fuzz. The Fuzz is going to... Oh, man, no, the Henry Winkler. You just blew my mind. You just blew my mind. He punched the starters with his hand. No, the doctor goes to happy, happy days. days. Of course. Holy uh, crap. Oh, wow. Ron Howard. Do you think Ron Howard wouldn't be on board for that? He would be so on board for that. He could direct. Ron, if you're listening, come and direct Doctor Who. Please, Ron Howard who probably doesn't listen to my show. Uh, that would be incredible. Wow, that would probably be cool. probably doesn't yeah. listen to them. Of course he does. Well, Ron Howard probably doesn't listen to them. <laughs> Ron Howard's busy. Do you have, do you have, are you going to have time to, because uh, now I would imagine, like, offers are probably rolling in, but I'm sure you're pretty tied up with God, Doctor Who. literally, yeah. I mean, I've been batting Spielberg away the lot. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> it, gets, it, it gets tiring. I say, Ron, no, oh. I won't be. He no, was yeah. crying on the phone. <laughs> crying. <laughs> Um, I no, I mean, I don't know really. It was nice to do Christopher, which was different, and uh, you know, I hope to do something interesting in my next gap. Uh, you know, sort of in between Who series and stuff. So, of course, it does open doors, though, being the Doctor and playing mm. a part that, that that has that sort of profile. So, it, it affords you opportunity, but it's not as though, you know. I've got people going, please be in my film. <laughs> well, it's got profile, but it also has substance, which I think is so yeah. great. Because I feel like there are high-profile roles you could get trapped into that wouldn't necessarily show off mm. the breadth that, that the Doctor does. And I'm just, you know, I'm really fortunate. I, I don't wish to bang on about it. But to have Stephen, who, you know, for my money, is he's the best in England. He's the best, you know. He's the best. He's the, he is... Uh, he, I, I just think he's unparalleled and unmatched in his inventiveness and yeah. particularly in the way that he interprets the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I also, Agreed. I do want to, because I'm sure you're going to be doing a lot of interviews here, but just in general, I want to apologize on behalf of everyone who uh, takes the opportunity to ask you a lot of questions about Karen. Oh, no. Because I, work, I, I, I worked on a show in America with a an attractive girl and then for years just like hey what's going on there I'm like please stop asking me questions really? about that really? yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's a uh, but I mean away. I don't really I don't really I don't really I don't really have one other than like you know or, or did, did you guys form a fast friendship or it was, or? Re- it was really interesting I mean I mean Karen is um she, she, she she's a true force of nature that woman a, a girl strange <laughs> praying mantis thing <laughs> um, um, but we're great friends I, I like i find her she's one of the few people in the universe that makes that makes me sort of laugh out loud mm-hmm. um and uh and it, you know it's been just wonderful to see how much she's evolved i think as a as a as a, as an i mean you know we both have and we've done it together and so that obviously creates something which is undeniable for the rest of your life but I think we got better actually and I think it took us a couple of months to sort of understand each other but now we're flying and, and we have great chemistry and, it, and, and it's all quite instinctive um, we call it the old Smith and Gillen <laughs> it's very embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> the old chat shows us like, oh, we'll just get the old Smith and Gillen out won't we? <laughs> it's all very uh, self-proclamatory um but she's a uh, yeah she's genuinely very funny and 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 takes it all she has a you know she doesn't take herself too seriously she's very beautiful doing very well uh, and i i saw her do something in an episode which i can't talk about but i saw her do it and i went oh my god you're going to be an action hero oh really yeah 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 nice. she swings around with something which i can't tell you what that thing is but i was like you're going to be that that action hero, you know, leading yep. late. It's the, the yeah, She swings him around. He's, yeah. he's a weapon. Yeah. Well, yeah. Matt, much to the dismay of the listeners, I think it, we are about 
at, at our at our time point with you. Have yeah. we? Have we? Oh yeah. I don't. It. I just don't want to keep you. We're both doing the Craig Ferguson. I know show that's today. exciting. I don't know what to expect. It's uh, Ferguson uh, is. Is he cool? He he, uh, he 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 seems really cool. I've watched be- his stuff. He's literally one of the best people I know. I, really, he, he's been on the podcast uh, before, and we bonded over our love of of, of who. And uh, when I first started, I go on a show about once a month, and uh, you know we would just talk about Doctor Who. Really, and uh, and then it just became this thing that we had. So you know, he called, and he was like. You know who's going to be on the show on Tuesday, and I'm like, I think I know. Yeah, and, uh, and then so we asked if I wanted to come on, and so oh, cr- it's cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting, and it, it's just great for for kind of Doctor Who. Really, it's good. It's you know, it's cool that we're filming out here. But so, I mean, you guys like the new carnation of of, of Who do you? Not, I love it, and and, and, and what, so. what's what's so interesting about it, and, and sort of what I touched on earlier is that. You did exactly, I think, what was supposed to happen, which is you just did your own. You you did you you did your take on it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's yeah. and it's such a. It's, it was so weird because like I was such a tenant fan, and yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. Oh, he's a brilliant doctor yeah, though, David's So, so great. And uh, as soon as I saw you, I was like, all right, I can do. It. And then I was like, oh, I get it. Oh, this yeah. is very good. Good. Yeah. Really my my friend Scott yeah. Adsit put Amazing. it. My friend Scott Adsit and I were talking about it, um, like right after the first or second episode, and he said the thing that is so great about Matt. Is that um, he? You even though like on the outside he looks like a young dude. Yeah, he plays the character like he is nine hundred yeah. years old. Yeah. Like you can feel yeah. the depth and the age I hope in so. him. That's yeah. a lovely observation yeah. because that's yeah. I think probably consciously something I aimed for. There's always something I, like, <clears throat> when I'm watching you as Doctor Who. There's always you feel like there's always something you're thinking. Like there's always something else in your head. Yeah, like this, this the weight of the universe. I like, hope so. And it's just like I don't know. I don't know dude. how you like the dichotomy of you're able to play a character that is a, a boyish old man, mm. which but, uh, is incredible. But only the Doctor can be that. Only right? the yeah. Doctor. Yeah. And it's so that's why James Bond. No way, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, your your performance sort of is is a microcosm of the show on the whole, which is that balance of light and dark, mm. which is so hard to find and to get to. It has the gravity that it needs to have for the kind of legacy of it and all the stories and as you said all the blood on their hand on, mm. on, on the various doctors hands but it also was something that you could watch with your kids that that is fun and energetic and sweeping musical scores and action and bright and humor and yeah, maybe, I, that's maybe really we've, hard to do maybe we've cried once or twice during the oh, yeah. oh my I mean I don't uh, just I, saying yeah. yes. maybe I would just like to add to the producers of James Bond I'm sorry for being dismissive <laughs> uh, please consider me for any upcoming villains <laughs> <laughs> I think you could be a Bond. I just, oh, I, uh, no, I don't know. I mean, be maybe a villain, though. A villain, 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 villain. A Bond oh, villain yeah. would, would, would be fun. I think I think yeah. seeing... If MGM ever gets their shit together. I know, if they ever do. Gets out of another, mm. Yeah, you would, you would be an amazing Bond villain. But I, but I, but I, there's no question in my mind that, that you're going to have a wonderful career um, as an actor. Like, thank you very much. Like, even beyond who. And, uh, and thank you so much for, for keeping the show fun and interesting. And I know, you know, like, I, uh, people... Because you know, like you know how nerds nerds get about certain things that they get used to, and I expected like, oh, there might be for this poor guy, there might be a lot of tenant backlash, and mm. I I saw none. It was like everyone just uniformly was like, this guy is great, like yeah. right from the get go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, of, of course, you know, and I mean, rightly so. Everyone became very attached to to um, you know to Dave playing the role um, because he was a brilliant Doctor, but but. Uh, I think it's one of the great virtues of that particular part that it, it, it can change and mm-hmm. 
you know, it's good to, I don't know. I mean, as I say, people on the whole have been very positive and kind and, of course, but you know, I don't. I don't go on the internet. <laughs> no, because there's always going to be some guy who's like, John Pertwee is the only doctor. <laughs> yeah. and like, Emma, why did I have to see that? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? And and uh, yeah, it just. Yeah, hey, there we are. But thanks for having me on the podcast. <laughs> Matt Smith, it was a, an extreme pleasure. pleasure. I'll see you tonight. I will see you tonight on the yeah, Craig Ferguson yeah, show. Yeah, we, will, we will have fun. I hear he We're has shaking the hands. Thank you, thank We're all yes, shaking, we hands. Hands. shaking hands. Shaking hands. There we are. Matt Smith, that is the end of the podcast. And you did not eat all the cookies. Oh, I know, I know. But I have been thinking about them for like the past 10 minutes. Oh, actually, seeing that one there, annoying. <laughs> you said you always thought there was something else going on in his head. Yeah, and now you know, it's, it's yeah. cookies. It's cookies. Yep. Enjoy Hello. your burrito, America. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new. Stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.